In this podcast in our series with Dr. Rob Martins, we discuss why 3D printing is considered to be a disruptive technology. Uh, Rob, I understand that you've got a significant interest in 3D printing. Would you like to discuss a little bit further what's brought you to identifying 3D printing as such a uh, disruptor for, for procurement supply chain going forward? Absolutely, absolutely. And it's a great question. Why is the 3D printing regarded as being so disruptive? Um, I took an interest uh, when I was uh, based in China as a, as a procurement director for an oil and gas company and I had a, a chat with a, um, a partner of a consultancy firm and he asked me what my company was doing with 3D printing and I said nothing, we don't produce anything and why would I care printing plastic puppets or soldiers or something that's not of interest at all and he said you don't understand, this is part of industry 4.0, 3D printing or additive manufacturing as it is officially called. Uh, has a huge impact, impact or will have a huge impact on supply chains and you as a procurement and supply chain director you should care. So I, I didn't really know a lot about it so I started reading a report and reading a bit more literature and then I got you know I got grabbed by it and I thought this is a major thing this is something that we don't come across very often so disruptive but also offering so much so much opportunities for better sustainability and uh, social change. Okay, so you really think that procurement teams should be sitting up and listening um, to the changes that are being brought about by this technology. And, and why, why do you think procurement teams should care about 3D printing? You know, so far, this 3D printing uh, has always been the area of the, you know, the techies. Uh, all the, the technical people were looking, oh, this is a new machine, what can I do with it? And it hasn't really... Uh, become a topic for discussion on, uh, among supply chain professionals. Um, but now more and more, and also after my own doctoral study, I realized that this technology can be used in ways like the internet has been used. The internet itself was just, you know, just a tool to connect companies and so you could send messages, but it has enabled, enabled Apple uh, with their iTunes and downloading music and playing, uh, playing music on your, on your iPhone. It has uh, created the, uh, the race of um, the biggest companies in the world that didn't exist 20 years ago. So the technology enables new business models and they enables new supply chains. And that's why we as procurement uh, professionals and supply chain professionals should care about it. So, so what you're saying to us, Rob, in essence, is that you can possibly compare the potential impact of 3D printing and the changes that it could bring about to um, market competitiveness could be so impactful that it could be similar to that to the rise of the internet and how we had to adopt that into our working environment uh, a few decades ago. Absolutely, because it enables uh, to overcome certain hurdles that we don't even realize they're hurdles because we're just used to the, the way things are. But with 3D printing, you know, a couple of things are, 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 are extremely interesting. You have freedom of design. So you can produce anything that you can design. Today, we design things in a way uh, that is limited because we know we have to make it in a certain way. We have to weld it or we have to use a sand casting or we have to do assembly because we can't make it out of one piece. And that's kind of you know, common knowledge and this is how we, how we de um, design things. With 3D printing, that limitation is gone. What you can design, you can print in one go and in one piece. Now, just think about that. So, assembly. Um, uh, activities will uh, will reduce. Um, you can reduce the amount of materials 
So raw material usage is much less, means you, can, uh, you don't need a lot of support, you don't need strengtheners, so you can produce lighter, which is good for the environment, good for transportation, um, and you don't have uh, waste. What you, you only use what you need. So in regards uh, of sustainability aspects, this is fantastic. Now there's another very uh, remarkable thing. You know, 20, 30 years ago, let's say 30 years ago, in our Western world, we produced a lot. We had heavy industry, and we had shipbuilding, and we had machine shops, and, and a lot of that. Most of these activities have moved to low-cost countries. Only for one reason. Not because the material is cheaper there, it's because labor is cheaper. Now, if I tell you that with 3D printing, or as I said, additive manufacturing, the labor factor is insignificant, then you can wonder if there's still a ground to actually go to China or to Vietnam or Mexico to produce your products, if you can produce them for the, at the same cost just around the corner, or maybe in your own factory. Think of the impact of that on our supply chains. It's quite significant, isn't it, when you put it in that perspective. And the fact that um, some of our supply chains for many organizations, especially in the manufacturing sector, can be quite lengthy and you're dealing with very many uh, suppliers. So what you're posing is that with the rise of this technology, um, there's a potential for insourcing for organizations or for them to have greater control of the components that they're actually outputting to use directly on their production line. Absolutely. Um, is, that, is that what you're proposing to us? Yes, it is. Uh, and it's, it's actually twofold. So um, there have been some studies that indicate that um, because labor is no longer a, a significant factor in, in, in the production cost, um, reshoring will, uh, will occur. So bringing, instead of well, the, the contrary of offshoring, is reshoring, so bringing um, production back. Would that be necessarily mm -hmm. to your own company or maybe do a hub in the area? You know, there's, there's different uh, possibilities, but that's one big step. The other thing is that the expectation is that we will see prosumers producing consumers, people who will produce their own things. And let's not necessarily always look at, you know, our own circumstances. You know, in our world, if we need something, there's always a Tesco's or some do-it-yourself shop around the corner. You need a tool, a toy, sorry, a part, you can just go anywhere and get it. But there are massive amounts of people on this earth living in areas where you don't have those kind of shops and you still need a part. So those people will also be producing, is the expectation, producing their own products. So you see presumers coming up, you see reshoring, um, and you'll see something that has happened, hasn't happened yet, is mass customization, which is a bit, you know, sounds like a bit of a contradiction, mass production or customization, but with 3D printing, people all talk about mass customization. With other words, you can customize and produce it still massively because the cost of one unique product versus another unique product is just two times the same, the same cost. Typically, in a current production process, you need volume to reduce uh, the, the, the unit price, but the unit price for one piece or 10 pieces is the same with 3D printing. So if I print one unique product and the other one on a unique product, they'll cost the same price. Only if I use more material, it might be a bit more expensive. So as soon as consumers start realizing that they can order their tailor-made glasses, the spectacles, or their tailor-made dashboard, or even shoes, which is already happening. Nike is already, and Adidas are already 3D printing shoes which are exactly made to your size. You know, 
consumers haven't really figured that out yet, but as soon as that's going to happen, they will want it. Mm. It's quite un un unbelievable when you put it in that perspective that the consumer has a greater um, ability to define what they're actually going to be purchasing from your organization. And I'm thinking from what you're saying at the moment, Rob, that there's going to be a significant impact on inventory and how organizations do or don't hold significant volumes of stock holding anymore. Do you think 3D printing is going to disrupt warehousing and, and stock holding as well? I, I am convinced. Um, although I, I should, you know, should, should clarify this, 3D printing will not displace mass production. If you need 10,000 or a million of the same pieces, there's no way you're going to 3D print them. That's not, that's not cost effective. So it's not going to completely replace our traditional manufacturing, but it will take a big chunk out of it. There are a lot of companies that have parts in their warehouses that don't move. Plastic mm. parts, metal parts, 3D printing can uh, solve that problem. Because unless if you need them within two hours, all out of the blue, typically if you have a couple of days, you could probably print it. So why would you need to keep all those um, parts on stock if you can just produce them on request or on demand, which you know, on-demand fabrication is much more cost effective than, than having all these products in your warehouse. That's one. But there's another thing we haven't talked about why 3D printing is gonna help overcome supply chain problems. It's two, two other factors. One is time, and the other one is distance or remoteness, if you will. Now, time sounds a bit odd because 3D printing is slower than traditional manufacturing. It still is. It's getting faster every year, but it's still slower. However, there are certain manufacturing pro, uh, processes that are, you know, if you only need one or two that are slow. If I go to a sand casting, to a foundry in China or in India, and I see that I need the sand casting for this valve body, and I need this valve in my, in my project, I would be waiting six months and uh, maybe another two months for manufacturing and delivery. I could have it in two weeks in three with 3D printing. It might be a bit more expensive, but I can save the, 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 the schedule of my project. So that's one. So for, so for sudden requirements, very urgent requirements that you need one or two off, you can 3D printing, you can use that to solve your, um, your scheduling problems. The other one I'm, I call it remoteness. So if you think of easy of uh, difficult to reach locations like ships, offshore platforms, maybe oil, uh, oil pumping units somewhere in the uh, Can Canadian oil sands, for example, or we've seen the Bahamas, the big disaster that happens, um, where uh, emergency response is, is happening. Those people need parts. If you have machines there, the only thing you need is raw material, which is just a bit of powder mm -hmm. for metal, or some plastic filament and you need a design and you can produce your own parts instead of having to wait till it's shipped from the other side of the globe. That is another supply chain problem that is difficult to, uh, to fix where 3D printing can be an enormous uh, effective solution. That's very insightful. Um, thank you so much for this overview, uh, Dr. Rob Martins. It's been great speaking to you today. It sounds like 3D printing going forward is, is really is going to be a disruptor um, in, the, in, the, in our workspace. Um, and it's something that we should really talk at greater length because it looks like it's going to be a, a solution provider. And that's really what procurement is all about at the end of the day, finding the right solutions for our organizations. So I'm going to say thank you for our podcast today. 
um, and ask our members to keep an eye out for the future podcasts that we'll be recording so we can go into a little bit more uh, deeper information and capture some more insights into 3D printing and how it's going to be disrupting our world. Thanks for your time today. My pleasure.